Hi, welcome to this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI of the Americas. I'm Wade Kaler, Executive Director. On Tap this week, we welcome a new member to FCSI that is certainly no stranger to the food service industry. He's a celebrity chef who ran his own kitchen before he was legally able to drink at the bar and has cooked for some pretty high-ranking officials before getting into the consulting side of the business. Please welcome the Culinary Director of Culinary Matters, Mr. Omar Pereni. Hey, Omar, welcome to the show. What's up, Wayne? Good to see you. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How about you? Living the dream. Another day in paradise. I'll tell you more about paradise in a minute. <laughs> Literally, you are in paradise right now. So it's great. Very, very jealous. Well, don't be. Just join. <laughs> Before we get deep into your career, tell us a little bit how about you how you got your start. I mean, you started at a very young age. You had a kitchen at a very young age of your own. But give us a little bit of background or brief history of of your start and how it led you up to where you're at today. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, it all started in 1994, I believe, when my parents, you know, made me. And then I, <laughs> I started cooking professionally in 2006 when I was 11 years old. I started working in a fine dining restaurant. And I guess the explanation because of how I ended up working in a fine dining restaurant is both my parents worked in tech companies. So they were always gone and food was ready in the fridge, ready to be reheated. So there was instructions and post-its everywhere uh, in the house, kind of like, this is how you reheat this, your pasta or your rice. And, you know, after a little bit, I was like, hey, mom, I don't like, you know, reheated pasta. She's like, well, now instructions in how to cook your pasta. And, you know, kind of little things like that. I started cooking at home since I was maybe eight or nine. And when I was 11 years old, I went to, uh, I asked my parents to take me to this fine dining restaurant that opened in Caracas. And I'm talking fine dining, you know, the the big play, the twister, you know, the fancy stuff like that. And this is, like I said, 2006. Um, and I'm in this restaurant. I ask the server if I can meet the chef. Uh, the chef wasn't at the restaurant at the time. I didn't know chefs could not be in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, and so I was really upset. And the owner of the restaurant is walking by, touching tables, to see this 11-year-old kid who's really upset. And he's like, hey, is everything all right? I'm like, no, it's not all right. Where's the chef? Who's cooking my food? <laughs> and, and he's like, well, you know, he's, on a, he's traveling, uh, but I'm going to take you around and show you the restaurant. So he shows me the restaurant. Uh, we bonded. It was really nice. Uh, his name is uh, Carlos, uh, Carlos Cesar Avila. And he handed me his business card. He asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a cook. Uh, he said, well, oh, that's a printer. Uh, you can cook whenever you want with us. So he handed me his business card. And I just called him obsessively over the next five days. And he said, sure, you can come on Friday. So I told my dad, dad, I got a new job. And he's like, yeah, right. Uh, yes, I'm going to be a chef assistant at Restaurant Sibaris. Like I said, 2006. He's like, all right, what do I need to do? So he bought me a chef coat, took me there, and basically spent the whole day in the bakery, just, you know, doing apple pies, simple stuff like that. And I guess I wasn't too much in the way. I was relatively helpful, I suppose. And I just asked them, hey, can I come again? And they're like, sure, you can come again. So it's been, well, what is that? To 15 plus years? Um, yeah. Never, never stopped cooking. And, and really just started at the highest end restaurant yeah. in the city. So after that, uh, that chef connected me to the next chef and then to the next chef. So probably for the first five years of my career, I just worked in the highest end restaurants in Venezuela for free. Uh, which I highly recommend to anyone starting in the kitchen because um, that's that's how you get you know firsthand knowledge. It's just yeah. finding those high end restaurants and and 
if you can work without getting paid, uh, it's going to make it much easier, much faster. And, <laughs> and I would say almost more fun because it removes that, you know, emotion uh, component. Yeah. So that's how I started cooking. And then long story short from there, uh, I had, I had my own cooking show when I was 14 years old for five years. Uh, I had a cooking show on cable, every country in South America, but Brazil, where it was just me kind of like Doogie Hauser ish teaching people how to cook simple stuff, <laughs> pizza, pasta, you know, how to make bread. Or at least I think it's simple. <laughs> and when I was 16 years old, a group of investors, they just decided we're going to open a big restaurant and you're going to be your partner. So they gave me 5% ownership, uh, kind of like sweat equity deal where I just, you know, develop the menu and, and help create it open. And that was my first restaurant, 16 years wow. old. Lots of fun. <laughs> wow. So 16, then you're running your own kitchen. So then you come to the United States though. So walk me through that before you finally become a, a chef consultant that you are now today. Yeah, of course. From that first restaurant, I graduated from high school. I never really attended college, though I did culinary school uh, in a couple different places, but I never finished. After that restaurant, I moved to, I spent some time in Miami, New Jersey, Philadelphia, working with uh, Chef Douglas Rodriguez. Then I moved to Cancun. In Cancun, I was a teacher, I guess, chef instructor at Le Cordon Bleu, the French cooking school. Okay. Uh, that's when I was 18 years old. That was kind of fun. Uh, then after that, I moved to Mexico City. In Mexico City, I became the corporate chef for a four high-end seafood uh, restaurant group. I guess okay. I'm trying to find the right word. Yes. So okay. I was with them for a few months with the intention of moving to the United States. So they wanted to open a restaurant in Houston called Pesca in the corner of Post Oak and San Felipe, which if you're from Houston, is a really hot you know, area. And so they basically transferred me from Mexico City to Houston and to open this super cool seafood restaurant. That's where I met Chris Tripoli and, and just the concept, understanding the concept of what restaurant consultants are. Yeah. So we worked together, collaborated on that project. And after that employment was over, uh, I, well, let's just, let's just say that I had a little non-compete issue there and it kind of made me try to, you know, think outside the box. What can I do as I couldn't be a chef uh, at the time? So I reached out to Chris and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in maybe try, you know, consulting. And that's, that's how I started consulting in 2017. And instead of, and so what I love is you took what you've done and then you take what Chris has taught you and then you start now your own firm. Uh, so tell me, how has it been to run your own firm now and to be in charge of a firm of your own? Well, the process starts in, like I said, 2017, working with Chris. Yeah. Uh, a few years after that, uh, Chris actually retired or decided to retire, sold his company uh, to Ashley Rosenfeld, who worked with him uh, yeah. for several years before. And I partnered with her uh, to continue a la carte. So then after a couple of years working as a partner at a firm, you know, kind of getting a little bit more experience, understanding the admin side and all of that, I had a different or I had a vision for something that was more culinary focused. Yeah. So I said, you know, I use 2020 as a great excuse. You guys can probably hear the printer. I hope it doesn't bother you. No, you're fine. Um, so 2020, uh, it was just a year for me to, you know, reinvent myself, redesign myself. And I said, you know, I want to do something that's definitely focusing on culinary culinary creative services and everything that kind of goes around that. Yeah. I really think culinary is, you know, the reason for everything else. I think, yeah. you know, obviously construction is very important in design, but if the food isn't great, uh, it all of a sudden feels like it's just, uh, you know, it kind of loses the purpose. So I Absolutely. started culinary matters with the idea of just helping anyone, uh, 
in the food or hospitality industry with food, culinary, and creative needs, whatever that is. And that just started becoming more and more, you know, uh, services. And that basically happened because instead of looking for consultants per se, I started looking for people that I have already been fan of or have worked with in the past, people that are experts of a specific craft. So right. a mixologist or a, or a sommelier, actually the one that is working with me, it's also my mentor. Uh, he wow. taught me and he's getting me, he already got me through level one sommelier and now we're going to do level two. <laughs> nice. uh, so I basically summon uh the avengers like i call them and they're just they're all incredibly talented uh not everyone in the team is a restaurant consultant right everyone in the team is an expert of their field and culinary matters is just that roof that has yeah. a test kitchen and you know the different spaces and the bar and the studio uh setup where we just kind of create that safe environment for people to enjoy the process of opening a restaurant which is pretty much pretty nerve wracking, you know, in my opinion, yeah. uh, it has a lot of decisions that you need to take. So we just like to take people in and nurture them, make sure they have fun, that they enjoy the process as they're, as they're spending all this money, uh, at <laughs> least, you know, they feel taken care of and appreciate right. it. And, and it's not at all like going to an attorney's office or anything like that. You come right. here to culinary matters. We're going to have fresh sourdough. Uh, we're going to, you know, bake something for you. There's always that component of, you know, making you feel special because, well, that's, that's how we do it. Right. Well, so you've put together the Avengers, which is again, very impressive team. What do you exactly, I mean, is there a certain area or segments that you go after, or is there a certain culinary experience that you try to consult more on, or are you really just anybody and everybody that wants to be a, a better culinary experience? You can bring that team together at any point to make their dream come true. So we're basically feeling, uh, gaps you know i like to say my perfect client or ideal client is someone who's already a restaurant operator not to say that half of our clients are first-time restaurant owners because that's the case yeah. but if you ask me what's our perfect customer it would be someone or client someone who's already got really good operation uh skills yeah. hopefully um they have one, two, or three restaurants. They just need a little help getting to the next level. So yeah. we're going to fill in, like I said, with an incredible wine program or, you know, a really relevant uh, cocktail program, whether it's bottled or a soft serve or whatever that case might be, or they need, you know, update on their pastry program. So I like full service. Uh, I like pretty food, you know, everything made from scratch, but we help all kinds of different people. You know, there's yeah. people that is their very first restaurant. You obviously been doing this for longer than I have. So maybe you can tell me why so many people come from other industries to the restaurant <laughs> industry. If I had the answer to that question, I would be a wealthy, wealthy man. Uh, it's one of those where everybody seems to gravitate towards the hospitality industry. And it, I think it's, I think it's the people though. Uh, you know, it's, it's the experience. It's the people it's, uh, uh, you're, and you're right. The food can make or break that meal as well. The the people certainly make it better or make it worse. That's for sure. I totally do this because of the people. Yeah. Yeah. So of all the projects you've worked on or been a part of, what is your favorite project so far? Well, I'm so glad you asked me that because I am sitting in my favorite project right now. This one is a Victoria house, a resort and spa. It's, oh, look, here's my golf cart keys. Uh, it's in the island of San Pedro Belize. It's, it's one of many, you know, I love all the projects and I always make good relationships with my clients. Uh, so the reason why this one is so special is because most consulting jobs begin and end. And this one 
can't seem to end. <laughs> so that makes it my favorite gig uh, because they are great operators. They've been here for 40 plus years. Like I said, people love them. Uh, they're players with the money in the sense that they execute at a high level already. They just needed help to get their food program to the next level. Okay. So all their wedding menus, their catering menus, you know, I revise all their menus. I come and train the staff. If there's someone that needs to be hired, if there's a full buyout of the hotel. So anything that's culinary, that's a little bit outside, you know, uh, I would say the area of expertise. I'm one phone call away, ready to, before just food. Now, like I said, it's cocktails. Now, yeah. in, even graphic services, we need to lay out menus. So this is my favorite project because I feel uh, at home when I'm here and you will find me here if you can find me in my office. <laughs> <laughs> what is one thing about Omar that no one would ever guess when they meet you? I don't know. I don't put sugar in my coffee. Would you guess that? No. No? See, there you go. <laughs> I don't have a lot of hobbies, man. I don't do a lot of things outside of working yet. Yeah. I'm working on having a more balanced life. That's for sure. One day. <laughs> when you're when you're at home and you have to cook something for yourself or your family, what's a go-to meal that you can throw together quickly that you love to do? Oh, grilling. It's always going to be grilling and bread. So I have... Oh, I know... Can I go back to the previous question? Uh, yeah. I have an 80-pound dough mixer in my living room. <laughs> you wouldn't get that. No, I would never so guess I that. So every Sunday, uh, I, I bake a lot of bread, you know, whatever it is, sourdough, brioche, different kinds of breads. And then I just call all my neighbors and they come pick it up. So that's how I further my baking skills and I don't eat it. So that would probably answer the previous question. And then this one... Uh, I just like to throw stuff in the grill, man. I have a grill, I have a smoker, I make some bread. Uh, simple. I like to spend time with the people. Uh, so, I like to put my cell phone away, make something simple, have fun. So I have to. So you bake a lot of bread, but you don't eat bread at all. I eat some bread. Yeah, okay, I don't okay. eat all the bread, but it's okay. just not fun to make a little bit. You know, you yeah. want to make a lot. The, another high profile that I've been told you did some work for. Uh, you have a good story about hosting the Saudi Arabia Crown Prince. At George H.W. at their house, along with George H.W., I was told George W., Laura Bush, and James Baker. What kind of protocols do you have to go through in order to do that meal? Um, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can tell you all the protocols that, you know, all the background yeah, checks that they do. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily know them. I just give them my information. But they, um, they watch everything, you know? This is... Um, yeah former leaders of the free world and the culinary side, if you think about it, it's not really that intricate or different from cooking for anyone else. Cooking for my right. mother, as a matter of fact, it's more complicated because she's way more picky, but, um, <laughs> you know, for, for a prince, there will be testing of the food and, and things like that. Lots of security for sure. Uh, but definitely an incredible experience and that I'll always be honored uh, for. Absolutely. And I, I heard George W was a big fan of your dessert that day. Yes. Yes, George W. loved that uh, passion fruit raspberry tart. Uh, actually, the, the way this came, up, came about is I was the private chef for the senior couple. So Mrs. Barbara is the one who hired me uh, after their, uh, their chef, their private chef that was with them for the longest time. He had a heart condition, okay. and so he couldn't work, and, and they asked me to take over. And I don't know, I man, it's just like, you know, God sent, I don't know, coincidence that I got to spend you know, the last months of their lives with them yeah. cooking, you know, all their meals, well, lunch and dinner from Monday to Saturday. And like I said, 
I almost felt like I should have not been there. Like I almost didn't belong there, but it definitely was a blessing and something I'm going to treasure for the rest of my life. So you mentioned a little bit earlier, but you were featured on four seasons of the gourmet and you were a young young person, a young man when you did that. What was it like for you being on TV at that young of an age? Well, the, the first two seasons were awful for me because I was really serious. Like growing up, as or I, I don't know if I've grown up or not, but when I was a kid, I, all I wanted to be is an adult, right? Or was an adult. So the first two seasons, you know, this set was all about me being a kid. So there was bicycles and there was toys and guitars. And I'm like, no, I'm none of that. I want a white chef coat and my toque. And, and they were not listening to that. <laughs> so the first two seasons for me were really complicated because they wanted me to have fun. And I wanted to be, you know, this real serious chef that knew it all and whatnot. So that was a little scary, complicated for me. Uh, but then the following two seasons, I understood the TV is not for chefs. You know, we're not looking, we're not watching cooking shows. We're busy. We're in the yeah. field. We're, we're making stuff happen. So the cooking shows are for my grandmother, for kids, for stay-at-home moms or dads, or maybe someone who's at a hospital and all they have is their TV. So then when you understand that TV is for you to actually make an accompaniment, I guess, or yeah. just, yeah, just entertainment. Uh, I enjoyed it way more. So last two seasons, I'm laughing, I'm having fun, I'm throwing stuff and, and just telling people, encourage people to just, just cook because yeah. cooking is not complicated. You know, it's just a little intimidating. Well said. Well said. Absolutely. What are three things, if I were to ask your family or friends to describe you, what were three things they would tell me about you? Well, they would tell you that I am um, stubborn. They will tell you that I am hyperactive and they will tell you that I like over trust people. I start everyone at a hundred points, you know, with culinary, your company now at this point, what's the next goal? Where are you working towards or what do you hope your company is going to become as a new company? Where do you want it to grow to? You know, the business side, it's working fine. And I don't, I don't, I don't think I need to set too, too big goals in, in that regard. I, I, I love the way it's going. Uh, but I see Culinary Matters as a platform for the whole industry. So besides the traditional consulting where we take people, you know, from idea to market and we do the design of the menus and commercial kitchen design and interior design, blah, 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 branding, all that fun stuff. The other part of Culinary Matters, which I'm super excited about, is that we actually want to support the industry. And I'm talking about servers, I'm talking about bartenders, cooks. So we're doing workshops at our uh, new space, like I was telling you, in downtown yeah. Houston. Yeah. Every Monday at 6.30, you can come and you can take free wine classes. I'm doing workshops also for free in food costs, labor costs, uh, and, and things of that nature. I want to just really be able to give back uh, to people in the industry, and I want to be able to teach chefs which is, you know, my craft, yeah. the things and the skills that they need to know to get to the next level. They all want to make more money, but they only want to cook. And so right. I think Culinary Matters is a platform for us to elevate, you know, to basically just raise the level, raise the bar across the, you know, the whole industry. Not just, I want people to be career, you know, career right. cooks, career servers and, and bartenders and psalms. And I think Culinary Matters Besides just being a great business and something that I love doing, uh, I think it's going to make a tremendous impact in, in the food and beverage industry. Wow. That's, that's a great way to end the formal questions. Uh, I don't think we oh, can. God, what's coming? So before I let you go, though, I like to have a little bit of fun and get to know personality. Um, so I've got a speed round here. I've got a few questions for you. <laughs> Let's do it. And I'll just dive right into it. 
What's your favorite breakfast cereal? Oh, Captain Cinnamon Toast Crunch. No doubt. And is that the same thing you loved as a kid or is that new? No, no, no. <laughs> that happened here. It used to be corn pops. Both good choices. We didn't have Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, it's amazing. I use it in dessert all the time. Fancy restaurant or a local dive? Totally local dive. What's one vice that you can't seem to part with? Let's just say coffee because I don't know who else is watching. Puppies or kittens? <sighs> Puppies. Do you sing in the shower? Yes or no? Absolutely. Yes. And is there a go-to song or a go-to genre that you sing? I like Cat Stevens a lot. <laughs> okay. Would you rather live on a moon base or live on a Mars base? Uh, I want to say Mars. If you were given $1,000 to spend on your closest friend, what would you get them? A knife. That's a chef right there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you more spontaneous or a planner? All spontaneous. Okay. I do have a project manager in the team, <laughs> just in case. I, if I put you in charge of the office vending machine, what are three items that must be in the machine? That's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think because I don't eat candy or anything like that. Hershey's would be one. The white Hershey's. Um, Reese's cups. People really like those. Uh, I'm thinking about what other people like just so I can. And M&M's. Well, those are great choices, by the way. Yeah, that was good. Very good. Uh, are you a morning person or a night owl? Night owl. That's a true chef as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wake up early, but um, yeah. I can say I like it. Soft tacos or crunchy tacos? S crunchy tacos don't exist. Coke or <laughs> Pepsi? None. Cookies or brownies? Cookies. What type of cookie? Snickerdoodle. I just made some right now. I just made some right now. <laughs> Are you a, more of a day planner user or a digital calendar user? Um, I like both. Like I have in my office both like I have the computer on one side and the notebook in the other one. I like to, you know, write by hand, but then I transfer that to a computer just so everyone, everyone else can know what I'm thinking. Okay. If human, the last one for you, if humans came with a warning label, what would the warning label say about you? Oh, um, my <laughs> warning label would say that I, I always put work first. That's not a good thing but I must admit it. So Omar, tell us, tell everybody in the audience how they can get more uh, information about you and get in touch with you. Yes. Uh, well, my social media is, uh, I'm on Instagram at OJ Perenni or Perenne. Uh Either way, uh, you can be, you can also find us at, at Culinary Matters or culinarymatters.us. Uh, our numbers are there. Just, you know, send us a message. We like to be very connected with people through social media. Well, very good, man. Thank you so much for joining us. It was really good to get to know you. Thank you. This was awesome. I really appreciate you having me. And I just look forward to a lot of culinary and consulting adventures. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, that wraps up this edition of On Tap presented by FCSI The Americas. A huge thank you to Omar for joining us today all the way from Belize. Uh, we can't do shows like this without members like you, so we really appreciate the time. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts and turn on those notifications so you don't miss out on any future episodes. But until then, cheers. Cheers.